Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Tyler. I'm Jamie, and uh, it's a quick thing. All right, so uh, we got entertainment news today. That's entertainment. Uh, the big thing, of course, was uh, the Oscars. Now, from our perspective, there isn't really much to discuss about this because, um, especially since we've seen one of the, we've seen basically none of the movies uh, nominated this year. But um, they took place uh, this past Sunday uh, at a much smaller venue at Union Station. Yes, Union Station. Uh, with once again no host, which to be honest is something I don't miss. Uh, no awkward jokes or segues. Just getting on with it and letting the star speak and moving on. The whole affair, yeah. yeah the whole plus, mm-hmm. plus, unless it's Billy Crystal, you know, tell your story walking. Yeah, yeah. So the whole affair went uh, by very quickly and seemed like a nice and fun event and didn't drag. Uh, it's been said uh, that most award shows, especially the Golden Globes, are a bunch of scams and basically that while quality can matter, the film will, uh, with a better campaign, you know, those for your consideration as you see, usually get the gold. Although the ones that get nominated are nominated because of their quality, that's not the that's not in question. But whoever wins, well, money talks. So we are not Hollywood insiders, but it would, t- but it should tell you something that when Denzel Washington joked openly about this at an acceptance speech at the Golden Globes one year, you know, so uh, not sure how or if the game has changed since then, but make of this what you will. So with that, let's take a look at the uh, Best Picture nominees. So we had uh, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So the Best Picture winner was Nomadland, which also won Best Director and Best Actress. Uh, Chloe Zhao, who both directed and wrote the film, uh, is also directing the upcoming MCU film The Eternal. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, congratulations to Zoe and the rest of the winners and nominees. Yeah. You know, I, I was learning about all these people, like, not being nominated on the fly, you know, given yeah. that, you know, given that COVID has had basically, like, taken a big, like, hit on humanity. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of tough to keep up with, like, certain things. Like, I, I didn't even, like, to be, in all honesty, like, I haven't, I never even heard of Nomadland until, like, last night. Right. That's how it usually is. Like, you know, like, the feature, like... The best picture is usually a, a movie that you've, like, never heard of. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, congratulations to Francis McDormand and uh, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody else, like, uh, involved. Yeah. Um, you know, because I do like her. She's a great actress. Yeah, she is. You know, she's hilarious. She's 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 unafraid of, like, you know, pulling any punches or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, it, like, uh, like, like, I thought she was awesome in Burn, uh, Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. Man, great movie. But, but yeah, uh, congrats. Yeah. And uh, so moving on, uh, we got uh, now it's official. Sam Wilson is the new Captain America. So uh, what I'm hearing is that the showrunner for this show is currently working on a script uh, for the next Captain America movie. However, he hasn't been officially attached as of yet. Uh, but this film will most likely star Sam Wilson. It's also been rumored that Chris Evans, how, however, will be coming back to the MCU for an unrelated Captain America project, which will be separate from this film. Uh, but nothing has been officially confirmed as of yet. So originally, these MCU shows are one and done, except for Loki, which will have at least two seasons. Seasons, but it looks like we might get another season of the now newly titled Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so, and the reveals basically just keep on coming with uh, John Walker becoming U.S. agent uh, at the end um, with his new costume and basically now working for Don't Call Me Val. Uh, we may get a spinoff with him, uh, which you know I'm looking. You know, if that happens, that'd be great because they really added some dimension to his character. So that should be pretty interesting. Then we have the reveal of the identity um, of the power broker as Sharon Carter, which was not really a surprise. Uh, you kind of see. 
it coming a mile away. But Marvel is also good with the swerves because everyone thought they had WandaVision figured out. And well, no. But of course, uh, it's being speculated that she might actually be a scroll as this uh, show started to plant the seeds for Secret Invasion, which is also in the works. But Sharon was given a full pardon and now is back to working for the government and will begin to give away all the juicy, sensitive info to whoever was on the other side of that phone call. So Carly and the Flag Smashers, hot off their number one single, were given uh, the Super Soldier Serum from Sharon well, with Carly now wanting to use that power, um, you know, for her own devices. However, in the end, uh, the Flag Smashers were defeated by Captain America, Bucky and Cousin America, John Walker, um, who actually saved people this time. Uh, most were taken captive and then killed by Zemo's Butler Supreme via car bomb, uh, while Sharon uh, shot and killed Carly and made it look like she was saving Sam much to his dismay. Throughout that fight, Carly was the one on the offensive while Sam made it clear he didn't want to fight her and uh, try to reason with her. Carly apologizes to Sam with her last breath. We get a great speech by Sam in the end that really felt like something Captain America would and should say. Something hopeful, inspiring, and poignant. Uh, letting the GRC know that they're going about thing, the way they're going about things is wrong. Using uh, the word terrorist as a scapegoat for the Flag Smashers and how that, well, what the GRC um, could, you know, is doing could also be looked at as terrorism. Uh, he let them know that being taken hostage by the Flag Smashers and feeling helpless gave them a new perspective on what they're doing and will hopefully change their ways, which in the end we hear on a news report that it sort of has. So Sam has fully embraced his role as Captain America now, and we see that uh, the people are starting to embrace him as well. He and Bucky have forged a new friendship and shown in the end that hanging out, uh, you know, hanging out together uh, with Sam's family. Uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, Bucky confessed uh, to the father of the man he killed as Winter Soldier, uh, and Sam spoke to Isaiah and gave him the recognition he was owed by creating a new wing dedicated to him uh, in the Captain America Museum. I like the conversation uh, they had. While Isaiah is slowly coming around uh, and is still skeptical, Sam clearly understands what his choices are. He even tells him that you know he might fail or even die doing this, but he's fighting for a cause that he believes in and he will continue to fight. This was a solid episode and a great ending to the season. Uh, some people felt that it was rushed and wrapped things up a little too quickly, but I thought it was fine. Uh, the entire show can be looked at as almost a six-hour film or a film divided into two parts. Either way, I thought the formula worked. I'm really looking forward to more uh, Captain America stories with Sam in the role. The cast was great here, and Anthony Mackie really killed it as well. I really like. I really enjoyed it all around, also. And uh, and uh, well, to disappoint you a little bit, I didn't see you know whole Sharon Carter uh, you know being the power broker. I was legitimately shocked. Mm. I didn't you know. But but wow, I guess I just wasn't intuitive as like everybody else. Ooh, but no, I I didn't see that coming. I was actually like legitimately surprised by that. So, um, but I liked the twist. I thought it was awesome, and uh, I like uh, and I didn't think about like the possibility of her uh, maybe being a, a scroll. Uh, like that would add also a great uh twist to it as well. It may not be the uh, case, but you never know. No, but 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 like. I know, but like, you know, it, it was, it was still, it would still like, uh, you know, be that, uh, you know, that nice little surprise, I guess, you know, yeah. for the most part. But as for the reasons as to why she like suddenly became how she is, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I, that I'm, I'm curious as to, uh, you know, the answer to that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, like, like I said, like I said last week, I'm good for at least one more season. I think like one more season would be, a good thing for for this show because um anthony mackie as as the new uh, captain america 
like he's it, like he's just gonna do like such an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I I accepted it. Well, I well, I mean I've always accepted it right from the jump. But the, but the way he like like uh, handled it, like debuted as Captain America, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. Like he was amazing. He was like, great. Yeah. I, yeah. He was he was amazing. He was awesome. He like uh like I was like yeah I can I can totally I could totally like you know get used to this. I could totally see him and and totally like accept him being like, a full blown. Uh, Captain America. No, no Black Falcon. No, he is Captain America. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem, no qualms about it. I think, I think, I think it's the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig it. And um, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, if you're worthy to wield the shield, go for it. And he proved that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. Oh yeah. So um, now I checked out uh, the new. <laughs> movie over the weekend i haven't really played the mortal kombat games up to current i think i've only played the first three but never really followed followed any of the lore so i'm sure there were a lot of references i didn't catch so there is fighting but they don't really fight in the tournament the entire film is a prequel because they want to make this into a new franchise with at least two to three more movies planned cole young Cole Young is a completely uh, new character who is not in the games and specifically created for this film as a point of view character for the audience, which you could have easily done with Johnny Cage, who was not in this, but is mentioned in the end as a friend of Cole's who he is going to recruit. Uh, Cole is also related to Scorpion, who is out for revenge as a vengeful spirit going after Sub-Zero for uh, killing uh, him and his family years ago uh, in the film's opening. The cast was uh, the cast was pretty good. You know, um, Scorpion and Sub-Zero were really the highlights uh, with the action. Uh, the fighting was well done and choreographed well, I, I thought. Uh, Kano was the comic relief. He had some good jokes here. But the problem, though was the tone it had moments where it's supposed to be epic and serious especially with how it began and then in present day it's more jokey so are we supposed to take this serious or not it's it's very much a popcorn movie but at least uh you know in the in the original 90s one for all its cheese you know it knew exactly uh what it was and stuck with it so the other thing, too, is that Cole was a fairly bland character. He had a he had a family, sure, but there was no real personality. Like, he was just mostly reactive. Raiden wasn't in it much and wasn't that interesting a character. He couldn't interfere with, with events as well. So, and while that also did happen in the original film, uh, you got the sense that he was manipulating events throughout the film instead of one moment. Also, Christopher Lambert, while miscast, brought much uh, more to the role. Sonya Blade, however, had a much more uh, of an arc here and uh, earned her place in the tournament. I was invested in her arc. Um, Jessica uh, McNamee, who plays Sonya, was good in the role. The rest of the cast was okay. They did their best with what they were given. Uh, they make it a point to say that the dragon marking uh, that most of them have can be passed on if you kill someone else with that with the mark so you immediately become a chosen one to fight in the tournament and with that marking you can unlock your potential abilities this chosen one chosen one this was uh, not part of the game or lore at all um it's just natural abilities that these characters have so it's just weird that they would go that route i mentioned this because when Jax loses his arms 
they get replaced by dinky cybernetic arms and then when he needs to lift a boulder he unlocks his power and his arms become those super robot arms i'm like that's his power like what what is what is it go, what was it going to be if he never lost his arms it made no sense so while the movie had great fight scenes and fatalities and was gory as hell uh the story was lacking and wasn't that interesting there there is really no reason why you should care about what's happening except for the scorpion and sub-zero plot i think you'd get more out of it if you're a hardcore mk fan because i'm sure there are a lot of nods but again while the 90s one was cheesy and not a great film it was at least entertaining it had more things that worked than you than what you're seeing here so see this one uh, for the fights, but don't expect anything else. Oh, by the way, in the end credits, when you see the logo, uh, it looks like the Thundercats logo with the way it's colored with the deep red and black. So obviously, I don't think this was on purpose, but I thought it was unintentionally funny. Chosen one. OK, um, I, I, I'm in no rush to watch uh, this movie, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm a Mortal Kombat fan, but like you, I think the last real Mortal Kombat game I played was Mortal Kombat Trilogy. OK. You know, which was for PlayStation, um, which I still have, actually. But anyway, um, but yeah, like, um, like I, I've always uh, I mean, I've always liked the games and stuff. And and, and the moral, and you know what? When I saw the movie in theaters in 95, right at the time, because I was so caught up with like all the, the hype and uh, the, you know, the whatever of uh, of the of the of the games whatever yeah, yeah you know i liked it at the time but then like after watching it like two or three more times and after learning more about like movie structure and plot and stuff like you could see how like incredibly cheesy it was yeah and then you know then just when you think it couldn't get worse armageddon as a mortal Kombat armageddon comes out uh sometime later and uh well <laughs> All right, whatever. And that was uh, that was. I mean, those movies are fun to watch, but not for the reasons you would think. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, a friend of mine, friend of ours, actually, like we would watch them just just because of how bad they are. Right. You know. So I mean, I get, I I, I can respect that, like you know, they 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 redoing it to be like a bit more on the on the more truer side, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. After seeing the trailer, and and the the trailer made the movie look good, but like I'm, eh, I'm not really invested. Yeah. So yeah. I it's mean, no, you know, there's no rush to see this. No. Now, if Smoke was in this, then we got a different story, right? Well, they, they made Reptile was in it, but he was just a fucking lizard. Well, that that doesn't count. You know, I I need either Smoke or Cyber Smoke or even Cyrax or Sector <laughs> or or uh, Smoke. Again, and uh, but you know, unless you have that, and you know, you know, tell your story walking. Where do you get these guys? So let's uh, let's cleanse our palate here. Are you going off the top rope? We are going off the top rope, and uh, it's going to be a bit of a rebellion going off the top rope because I'm going to be talking about Impact Rebellion 2021. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, on last night, it was a uh, uh, one heck of a show from you know from the results we're seeing, and uh. I'll get to the main event in just a little bit. First off, let's talk about let's talk about the X Division Championship with uh, Ace Austin taking on TJP, taking on Josh Alexander. You know, so from the jump, Ace takes out both of his opponents with a Fosbury flop to the floor. So Ace is about to give TJP a paper cut with his laminated playing card, but referee Brian Hebner stops him. Uh, TJP sends Alexander into the corner with a Hurricane Rana, 
DGP delivers a running boot to Ace. Alexander picks up both men off the top rope with the dub with the Thunders double suplex, uh, double superplex, I should say. Um, and uh, later, uh, Alexander hits another divine intervention. Uh, well, hits divine intervention uh, this time on Ace uh, before he hit it on TJP to win the match and become the new X Division champion. So, Josh Alexander is the new X Division champion. Um, so we have the team of Violent by Design taking on, or the team of like Violent by Design, the team of Joe During, uh, Diener, and Rhino with W Morrissey. No, not that Morrissey, but uh, this guy W Morrissey, uh, with Eric Young in their corner, taking on Eddie Edwards, Willie Mack, James Storm, and Chris Sabin. So. Uh, w. Morrissey makes his shocking debut and joins Violent by Design for this eight-man tag team match. Morrissey is aggressive in the early going as he kicks Storm off of the top rope and knocks his other three opponents off the apron. Doring explodes into Storm with a big running crossbody, and VDB is in control until Storm creates separation with a neckbreaker to Rhino. Willie quickens the pace as he hits Diener with a sit-down powerbomb for two, and he dives into the, through the ropes, collides with Doring. And Morrissey on the outside. The match erupts into total chaos. Saban takes out everyone with a superplex to Diener, crashing into everyone on the floor. Willie hits the stunner on Doring, but he quickly retreats. Morrissey hits a massive boot to Willie, then puts him away in the East River crossing. So Violent by Design would be the winners of this eight-man tag against Eddie Edwards, Willie Mag, James Storm, and Chris Saban. Uh, in other news, Brian Myers defeats uh, Matt Cardona. Uh, Matt Cardona, as you also know, is a uh, uh, Zack Ryder. Um, for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, uh, the well, the then champions, Fire and Flavor. That's right, so Fire and Flavor, Flavor, Flav, right? Uh, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles take on Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, the daughter of Paul Ellering, and uh, they would have Jazz in their corner for this Impact. Tag, uh, knockouts tag team title and uh, uh, you know towards the end of the match Kira soars through the air with a top rope crossbody to the floor Rachel counters Kira's spinning neckbreaker with a sit down powerbomb and gets the win and Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering become the new knockouts tag team champions uh, in a last man standing match the only way to win this match was no disqualifications and no counters is to incapacitate your component uh, Component. Wow, I can't even talk. Uh, your opponent to the point where they are unable to answer the referee's 10 count. Uh, Sammy Callahan taking on Trey Miguel. And it would be Trey Miguel defeating uh, Sammy Callahan uh, in this last man standing bout. The World Tag Team Championship match between Finjuice, the current champions, defeat the uh, taking on the former champions, the tag team that they beat. For the titles, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. And Finley breaks up a magic killer attempt at the, towards the end of the match. Uh, as Juice rolls up Gallows to score the victory and retain the World Tag Team Championship. So Finn Juice uh, are still your World Tag Team Champions after coming off a tour from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and uh, Impact Knockouts Championship, uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Defended her title against uh, Tennille Dashwood uh, with uh, Caleb with a K, Caleb with a K in his corner. Yeah, that that's how that's always that's how he pronounces himself. Um, 
Peraza would connect with the Queen's Gambit to defeat Dashwood to retain her the Knockouts Championship. And still, your Knockouts Women's Championship, Deanna Peraza. And in the main event, Impact World Champion Rich Swan will take on the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. And uh, this one, title for title. All right. So we have Rich Swan, who currently holds both the Impact and the TNA World Championship. And you have Kenny Omega, who is the AEW champion. So uh, legendary play-by-play commentator Marvin Nalo joins D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker at the announce desk for this historic match. Two referees will officiate the bout. You know, you have Impact's Brian Hebner and AEW's Aubrey Edwards. Tony Khan, Tony Schiavone, and Jerry Lynn watch on from the other side of the guardrail. And Omega plays mind games in the opening moments of the match as he slaps Swan across the face. Swan returns a favor, then dropkicks Omega to the outside. Swan dives from the top rope to the floor with a modified Phoenix Splash. Uh, Omega then turns the tide when he gets his knees up on a rolling on a rolling from splash attempt. As Omega hits a buckle bomb, then drives Swan headfirst into his knee for a series of two counts. Omega targets the lower back with a pendulum backbreaker. Swan explodes, successfully hitting a frog splash from a very close near fall. Uh, Swan connects with another frog splash, this time from the top rope. Omega hits a, Omega hits a super kick, followed by a spinning sit-out powerbomb for yet another two count. Omega hits the V-trigger, but Swan counters the follow-up with one, the follow-up one-winged angel attempt. Omega cannot connect with a top rope V-trigger as Swan escapes into a sunset flip powerbomb. Omega turns his attention to the neck of Swan with a pair of Snapdragon suplexes. Omega uses referee Brian Hebner as a shield to avoid a handspring cutter from Swan. Aubrey Edwards takes over as she stops Omega from using a steel chair. Swan hits the handspring cutter, but Omega counters into a pin attempt of his own. Omega pulls down his knee pads before hitting multiple V-triggers. Swan misses the Phoenix Splash, allowing Omega to deliver one final V-trigger, followed by the one-winged Andrew to score the win and become the new Impact World Champion and retain the AEW World Championship. I gotta tell you, Kenny Omega is on top of the world right now. He's uh, collecting belt after belt after belt, and uh, there is no signs of slowing him down. In addition to that, he's also the AAA Mega Champion. <sighs> Gotta say, Kenny Omega's on top of the world, like I just no, like I just mentioned, and he is showing no signs of slowing him down. So, the question remains: Who will be the one to dethrone this guy? Time will tell as the uh, weeks follow. Tyler, thanks, man. So, uh, I have a long box comic book recommendation. Um, Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and longtime Spider-Man artist Mark Bagley. It takes all of the important moments slash storylines from Spider-Man's uh, comic book history, condenses and reframes them, and presents it uh, as a what-if real-life career of Spider-Man and ages him up in real time. It's a six-issue miniseries, and each issue in the miniseries 
uh, focuses on a decade in his life and career. The first issue was set in the 60s. Issue two is in the 70s, etc. So until we get until the present day, which was 2019 at the time. So I usually don't like these types of stories because sometimes they don't turn out too well. But this one was so well done. Definitely pick it up, especially if you're a Spider-Man fan. But uh, that's our show. Um, thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our quick channel Instagram and Facebook pages. Please subscribe or drop a review, preferably both. And we'll see you next week. And happy Alien Day, everybody. 426. By lunchtime, I'd pretty much forgotten about the whole thing. <laughs>